This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5340 and he's trist this height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ryan's out tonight. Still trying to figure out what the little bug is that he's got. Trista, Nick, in here. If you missed anything here. in the first hour, you know what to do. Check out the podcast. Like, subscribe, do all the things. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We're on the Odyssey app. Get back to some of those 2-0 teams in the NFL in a little bit. A lot of feel like the one thing we've kind of figured out is... Majority of the 2-0 teams that you and I went through, besides my commanders, I feel like contenders. Legit yes, contenders. legit. The NFL has a lot of parity right now. And it's, yeah. I know it's kind of been the narrative with it, but it feels like even more than usual. Yeah, I think it's just more fun, too. You've oh, got yeah. a bunch of young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the aging quarterbacks are starting to you know, be done with their careers. It's just a few left, and now you've got the, you know, Justin Herberts in the, of the world and the Joe Burrows of the world and the Tua, who kind of all came in around the same three-year span, and this is now going to be their league, and when you've got good quarterback play, and now you've added Brock Purdy to that, who nobody expected would do, would do anything, but you've got these young quarterbacks on, you know, really interesting teams, offensive weapons. It just feels like we're in like a new renaissance of the NFL. And it's great. The more good quarterback play, the better. Because you can't win in the NFL if you don't have a great quarterback. Right now the Lions have themselves a pretty good quarterback in Jared Goff. Dan Miller's the radio play-by-play voice of those Detroit Lions. And look, Dan, even coming off of that loss to Seattle and, you know, Dan Campbell says that it was a a slice of humble pie for them. And, you know, this is a team that certainly has just massively high expectations given you know where they've been in the past but when you watch game one and what they did obviously to open the season against the Chiefs to what happened in that overtime loss against Seattle what do you think the biggest I don't even want to say takeaway but maybe just something the team needs to wake up and take a look at and learn from that loss in Seattle what do you think it would be well, I think exactly what it is is turnovers mm-hmm. I mean if you look at the difference between the Lions last year when they started one and six and finished eight and two it was they stopped turning the ball over, and by the end of the season, they were the best team in the league at avoiding turnovers. You go back to that game on Sunday, they had a, two turnovers in the second half that led to 14 Seattle points, and, uh, you know, you just you – it's hard to overcome. Uh, on the Sunday games, the teams that, that won the turnover battle were 10-3. and three. It's the biggest indicator of winning and losing in the NFL, and, and your chances when you lose that turnover battle as significantly as the Lions did on Sunday – your chances of winning are very slim. So it's if we've learned anything about this team in the last two years, it's that the talent is there, but like a lot of teams, there's just not enough to overcome those kinds of mistakes that lead directly to points for the other team. Let's talk about these injuries because David Montgomery gets injury, injured, uh, Gardner Johnson out for the year, James Houston injured, bad one as well. Like, How do the Lions overcome this, and, and where is the status with specifically uh, Montgomery? Well, it was termed day-to-day yesterday by Dan Campbell, so that's all we have to go on right now, which is better than, you know, Houston has been placed on IR and, and C.J. Gardner, who Johnson, has been placed on IR and James Paschal, who went on IR last week. So they've had a rash of it. And Taylor Decker, who didn't play this past week and is probably trending towards not playing this week, although we'll have to wait and see. 
So, yeah, they're dealing with a lot of those right now. And it's this team has more depth now than it has had in quite some time, but it's definitely being tested. And this offensive line has missed guys before and, and been able to survive and been able to play well. But, you know, along that defensive line now where you lost Julian O'Quar to start the season, you lost Josh Pascal, now you've lost James Houston. Um, they're really, you know, at this point looking to other guys that hadn't played a lot and they're going to have to jump in there and play. So, and at a position where they're, they're not getting a tremendous amount of pass rush right now. So uh, it's a test. There's no doubt about that. This team feels and, and talks about the depth that they have. Now we're going to see it because they are going to be missing some key guys, at least for this week and, and several of them well beyond. That being said, how have you felt about this Lions defense? Because last year it was abysmal, and now the first two weeks at least have looked pretty good. Yeah, I would say last year, second half of the season, they started to play better. When they started to win games, they started to play better. There was, there was obvious exceptions to that. They didn't play well in Carolina. They got trucked there. But for the most part, uh, the, the first half to second half defensive performance last year was significantly better. Uh, in Kansas City this year, look, they did some good things to start the season. There were some key possessions in the second half where if they'd have given up a touchdown to Patrick Mahomes, it's probably a different story because they, they were sitting on a you know, seven-point deficit. If that becomes 10 or 14 and you're down two scores, it's a different game. So uh, I, I thought there were some good things in the first game. I thought second game, not quite as good. Uh, first game, I felt like they affected Mahomes even if they didn't sack him. Uh, second game, they really did not do a good job of impacting Geno Smith, and he was very comfortable back there and, and really just picked him apart for a second game in, a second year in a row. So, um, again, there's always nuance to that. There was a couple of short fields that the, that, uh, the offense had given Seattle's offense, and, and that puts the defense in a tough position. But overall, uh, I'd say two things. One, they've done a pretty good job stopping the run, did a good job against Pacheco in game run did a good job against Walker in game two uh, against the pass. They, they've got to be better. And, and, you know, you've got a young quarterback coming in this week in Desmond Ritter uh, who they've got to try to find some way to make him uncomfortable and see if they can get him to make a mistake. Talking to Dan Miller, voice of the Lions. Uh, we had that streak of 383 consecutive attempts and Jared Goff finally gets snapped without an interception. Are we at the point now where Jared Goff has finally proven that he deserves to be in the conversation with, like, not, not the Patrick Mahomes level maybe, but, like, in the upper echelon of good starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I think he's earned that. I mean, I think for a guy who came to Detroit that, that people thought was just a place setter or, you know, just – a throw in in a trade to get something done with Matthew Stafford and, and the way he played the second half of last year, uh, the numbers he put up for the entire year and what I've seen him do this year. I mean, heck, they did score 31 points in this game. Uh, they just, you know, gave up, you know, X number of points and, and the offense cost itself with a couple of turnovers. But uh, he's proven with this offense that they've built, this offensive line, which his team is built around and the weapons they've given him. Um, he knows how to operate this thing. And, yeah, I absolutely feel like like golf is a quarterback that you can win with. And I feel like he has had a lot of people kind of doing a double take on him and, and reevaluating what they thought of Jared Goff. He's not the guy that the Rams dumped and everybody thought was done. Um, he's played good football. Now, all that being said and everything that we're talking about, uh, ultimately you gotta you got to win some games, win a division, get in the playoffs, win a game, do, do some damage there because – you know, for, for the Lions, everything is, is potential. And they didn't make the playoffs last year. That, that 
slow start cost them. So um, it, it's we're talking about things that that we believe can happen, some of which have happened, but they have to happen over a long period of time. You know, 17 games, 18 weeks for you to really be able to stand up and say, okay. Here's where this guy stands. Here's what he's capable of, because that's where you're measured. Did you, did you make the playoffs? Did you do some damage there? Did you ultimately, you know, win a championship? That's how guys are, are the, the preeminent guys are, are measured, and that's what these guys are striving for. We were talking about the league being in this amazing place because of all this young quarterback talent, and this next year in the draft class is going to be even better. Um, does, for you, do you think Jared Goff, is the quarterback for the foreseeable future? Are you comfortable with that? And and does that answer change, for example, if Ben Johnson gets you know pulled away and and is no longer with the Lions because he gets a head coaching gig? Look, I think this is a big year, and this is just my opinion. This isn't coming from Campbell or Holmes or or Ben or anybody like that. But this is a big year. Um, his contract has two years left on it. Uh, normally, when you get to that final year, you're you're either redoing it or you're probably going in a different direction. And I think. You know, if Jared leads this team to where they believe they can go to win an NFC North and, you know, get to the playoffs and we'll see what happens there, he can make a statement about this being his job and what he deserves in terms of, of a new contract. But uh, I do feel like this is kind of a show-me season for Jared um, where, where he can really make his case for being here long-term and getting that next deal, which is going to be up for discussion either positively or negatively at the end of the year. So, look, yeah, I, I think he can be. They did draft Hendon Hooker this past season, and, and he's basically on a redshirt year because of the knee injury suffered in his final year at Tennessee. So he's, he's trying to get back, and, and we'll see whether or not he plays into it. But I think Jerry can go a long way into solidifying what he is in Detroit with what they do this year. Now, it's, it's, it's tough to put all that on one guy, but we know how quarterbacks are ultimately – looked at in this league it's did you win did you get to the playoffs did you produce there and that's how he'll be evaluated along with a lot of other quarterbacks there's other variables that can play into it but I look at this as a huge year for Jared Dan let's look ahead to that uh, Falcons game this weekend at Detroit I mean I can only imagine that Ford Field's going to be as loud as it's ever been once again with with where this team is right now uh I, I probably wouldn't be going out on a limb saying the biggest concern that the Falcons bring into town is uh that ridiculous run game they have well, I mean, look, it's it's B. John Robinson and, and Jameer Gibbs, the two running backs that went one-two in this year's draft. And, and I think that's going to be one of the things that people keep an eye on. Uh, and, and Gibbs is going to be asked to do more with Montgomery probably not playing in this game. Um, Robinson looks amazing. I mean, his highlights are otherworldly. Just his ability to jump cut, his, his instincts are just out of this world. So, look, for for – you guys have been doing this long enough that, that everybody you talk to, every coach you talk to, every guy you talk to, uh, they'll tell you the first thing you got to do is stop the run. So, yeah, I mean, that's where it starts because you want to try to put this game back on a young quarterback. Now, he's got some obviously amazing weapons there with London and Pitts, and, and you're going to have to deal with them once you got him back there throwing the ball. But if a team can, can run with the ability that Atlanta has shown in the first two games – uh, that really puts them in the driver's seat when they're on offense. So you got to find some way to disrupt that. So, yeah, that's, that's job one every single week. Is it a little more significant when you're playing a team like this uh, that A, can do it very well, and B, is trying to keep the pressure off a young quarterback? Absolutely. It's a huge deal. 
Do you think you'll see more Jameer Gibbs this week, not just in the passing game, but all, like you, you mentioned, obviously, with David Montgomery out, but does that mean maybe a little bit of both from him out as a, you know, a receiver a little bit more and also in the backfield as a running back? Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell said it's still going to be running back by committee. They mm-hmm. brought up Bam Knight as well, um, and Craig Reynolds is in there, so you'll see all three of those, I would imagine, at some point. Uh, but look, Gibbs is, is the guy they want to get the football in his hands. And if it's a short little pass that in essence is a run, uh, whatever it is, they're going to try to find ways to get him into space and to try to get him opened up. And uh, yeah, he's going to get a heavier load of, I would think, running the ball directly on handoffs from Jared. You know, he caught seven passes last week, but I think because of necessity, you have to give him the ball more in a game like this where Montgomery isn't there. This team wants to run the ball. They want that to be a featured part of their offense because Jared is so effective off play action. So I, I don't see that changing. That's part of their personality and who they are. And without Montgomery in there, Gibbs is going to have to be a significant part of that. What's your thoughts of the NFC North as a whole? You mentioned that Jared's year is sort of predicated on winning the North, but it kind of does feel wide open now. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think Minnesota's had a couple of tough games where they've, they've turned the ball over. What do we talk about at the top of this conversation? And, and found that hard to overcome. Um, and I, I just, now you got the Chargers coming in there. They're desperate to win a game. So that's going to be, I think, a really intriguing game to watch this weekend. Neither one of those teams had any plans of being 0-3, but somebody's probably going to come out of there uh, with an 0-3 record, barring something unforeseen. So, you know, I, I look at those. I look at Green Bay. Look, Green Bay looks pretty good to me, and we're going to see them on a short week uh, next Thursday, a uh, week from this Thursday. So the Lions have this game against Atlanta, then they got a quick turnaround and a trip to Green Bay, so we'll find something out about them. Bears, look, I, I've talked about, because I'm in this division and talked to people, I've talked about Fields a million times. He's one of the most intriguing players in the league to me. I think he's amazing um you know with with what he can do to hurt you with his legs but if he can't ultimately figure out how to hurt you with his arm it just doesn't have you know staying power it just doesn't work that way and he hasn't so far this year shown that but i'm not saying he doesn't and when he does if he does dude's gonna be a problem because he is just lightning out there and if he can you know, figure out a passing game, and the coaching staff can figure out a passing game. And uh, but right now, I just think Chicago's got a lot of questions, and I know they brought in a lot of new guys, but um, maybe it takes a while to gel. We'll have to wait and see. But I, I still thought Green Bay and Minnesota were going to be tough. I think people counted them out way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a huge week for Minnesota at 0 2. You you just can't fall to 0 and 3. But uh, I think their their losses have been easy to track this year. It's because they've, they've really hurt themselves. They've done some good things, and, and Cousins has done some good things, but you just can't give the ball away, as we've talked about, and they've done that through two games. Yeah, and they got to figure out a way to run the ball a little more consistently, too, in Minnesota. That's been a tough go for them so far. Dan Miller, voice of the Lions. Really appreciate the time. Have a great call this weekend. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? That tells me right there. Jameer Gibbs. Receiving plus rushing yards. Boom. Yeah, I wouldn't take the rushing attempts. uh, No, I would not do that. There's a lot of committee in there, so I would just combine those two yards. That's the best way to go with it. Uh, From the voice of the Lions to the host of the Lions Edge podcast. See what I did there? Chase Kitty next. Oh, my goodness. Bet MGM tonight.